The reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. The need for self-discipline. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I, will, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of the Lord. Somebody said after that video they wanted a marshmallow. And I heard them say it. So I've got some marshmallows this morning. Anyone want a marshmallow? Frey, because she said it, would you like a marshmallow? Don't put it in your mouth. Just hold it. Who else would like a marshmallow? Would you like a marshmallow? Whoops. Don't, don't put it in your mouth yet. Anyone else want a marshmallow? Don't put it in your mouth. Don't put it in your mouth yet. Don't put it in your mouth. There we go. No, no, no. I just want we don't want to be greedy. That's the, that's the complete thing of the opposite. Right. Anyone else want a marshmallow? Anyone else? Don't put it in your mouth yet. Don't put it in your mouth. Anyone else? Pauline wants a marshmallow. Here we go. Anyone else want a marshmallow? I've got... Don't put it in your mouth yet. Whatever you do. We're going to think this morning. Remember what we're thinking about. There we go. Don't put it in your mouth. Right, we're thinking about self-control. So, you've got to hold that marshmallow for the rest of my message. Now, as you know, I can talk for England. So, test of self-control. If you're very good and you don't eat that marshmallow, how many marshmallows should I give you at the end? No, that would be greedy. Greed's not part of the fruit of the Spirit. Six. Four. Right. If you don't eat your marshmallow, how many have I got? They're only 33 calories. So you're all right, parents. They're only 33 calories. Um, Low-fat marshmallows. Hmm. You get four. If you don't eat your marshmallow, you get four marshmallows. And I can count because I've got another packet. So I'm all right. So here goes. I want to show you this image. I'll try and speak very fast. Don't eat the marshmallow. Who saw this? Any of you see this? Three weeks last Saturday morning. Three weeks last Saturday morning, these men were running through the streets of Vienna. And as I was eating part of my breakfast, I didn't see all of it. I became fascinated by it. I became fascinated by, by all of it, actually. What fascinated me, first of all, was these, was these runners here. How they were all running to, and what they were trying to do. They were trying to 
run a marathon in less than two hours. That's what they were trying to do. But actually, you think, well, there's about eight runners there, but really only one of them was running. The guy in the white T-shirt was the only one who was trying to run. And all these people in, in the black tops, they were so-called pacemakers. And you could see seven of them there, but actually there was 41. And what, you, what happened was, as they got tired, somebody else took over dressed in black. And there were 41 of them, but only one of them was really running, the one in white. And so I became fascinated by how they were running all together and the formation that they were using. Like deliberately, the, there was five at the front in a, like a V formation and two in a back, at the back of him in this V formation to try and protect him from the wind. And then the next thing that struck me was the car. Do you see the car? Some of you might be able to see it's on the handout, but you might not be able to see. And the big, like, number plate here on the back that was saying, that says, last came, two minutes, 50 seconds. Because what they had to do to break, to run this marathon in less than two hours, they had to run every kilometer in two minutes and 50 seconds. And if they didn't run it in two minutes and 50 seconds, they knew they were slipping behind. So all the time, that was what they were supposed to do. 44 times, because I think there's 44 kilometers in a marathon, basically. Two minutes 50, two minutes 50. And this, see the green laser? The green laser was telling them, at this precise moment of the race, this is where they needed to be. They needed to be here if they were going to run a marathon in less than two hours. If they were ahead, they'd be running ahead of the green Laser, if they were behind, then they were behind. And I just became fascinated by this race because I then found out that they, they chose this place of all the places in the world. They chose Vienna. They chose that stretch of road that it would be as flat and as straight as possible. So when we think of the Jersey Marathon that happened a month ago today, they kind of run all around the island. These guys didn't. They ran up and down this stretch of road four times. They practiced it. They rehearsed it. They had a full rehearsal one Sunday, six weeks before. And it fascinated me. And this is why it fascinated me. Because running a marathon, I think, is exactly like what it is to run as a Christian in our world today. To run as a marathon, if you think, I've never run a marathon, I have no desire to run a marathon. Some of you may have run a marathon, but I've talked to lots of marathon runners, and I know this, they say at times it's hard. They say all the practice, it's tough. They say like it's as if they're running with lead on their legs. But they also say to me this, they say it can be the most wonderful time ever. How are we doing those marshmallows? Good, good, Excellent. I've never run a marathon, but I've run a few marathons for Jesus. You know, next year, I become really ancient. I become 50. You know, I thought when I got to 50, I would be ancient. And so from there, and I've spent all my life in the church. And I've followed Jesus for nearly 35 years. So I've run a few marathons. And I also know running as a Christian can be hard, can be tough, can be feels like running with lead. But I also know this, it can be so much fun and so wonderful that nothing or no one 
can ever beat the feeling of running for Jesus. And so, this morning as we think about self-control, I don't want to think about it as self-control. I want to think about it as Christ-control. How do we run? How do we run in a Christ-controlled way? What does that look like? And so, I just want to say there are two ways to run. Amanda read them for us. We either run deliberately with a purpose. We run to win the prize. Kind of like, if you can imagine this guy here, is Jesus. And if you like, all of us are these guys in the black tops. Because to run a Christ-controlled life is always to run for Jesus. It's always as if he is the one that we run for. But there's another way that we can run. And the other way we can run, we're told not to run in this way. It says, do not run aimlessly. In other words, don't drift. Because the worst thing you can do to run as a Christian is to drift around. And so I just want to say very quickly three ways in which we can run in this Christ-controlled way. Here's the first, that we have to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We're thinking about this whole idea of the fruit of the Spirit, these nine segments of the fruit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about being filled with Him. You see, when we look at these runners here, you see, I thought they were the pacemakers at first. I thought, well, they're the ones who are helping Him so He can run a marathon in less than two hours. And then I read a bit more. And actually, they weren't the pacemakers. The car was the pacemaker. Because it is impossible for a man or a woman, whoever, to run 44 kilometers exactly in two minutes and 50 seconds. It's impossible for them to work that out in a brain. Whoever we are, we can't do it. The only way they could do it was because of this car. And the car wasn't on cruise control either because cruise control wasn't accurate enough. The only way they could run it was with special technology inside that car. And in the same way, if we want to run a Christ-controlled life, it's the Holy Spirit who is the pacemaker. He's the one. The second way. How are we doing those marshmallows? Has anyone eaten it yet? Have you eaten yours, Malcolm? Deliberately, yeah. There's always one. How are you doing, Pauline? You got yours? Did you know Malcolm's eaten his? Oh, second way. And I'm just going to mention this briefly because we're going to think about it round the cross in a minute. The second way that we run to win, that we run with a purpose, is by confessing our sinfulness daily. That's the second way. Here's why. The Greek word for self-control actually means someone who's mastered this whole idea of self-control. Because some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, for however many years that we've lived on this earth sometimes, we've kind of just got the same thing wrong over and over again. There's a particular person that sometimes just winds us up. Or there's a particular, sometimes it can be a very bad habit inside of us. And it just affects us. And it affects how we run 
So we're not able to run freely. And if that's you, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to mention them, basically. And it has a hold over us. And it stops us from running freely. And we're going to spend some time when we sing our next song around the cross. Because we confess around the cross. The whole idea of confession is that it frees us. That's why we have a confession service, confession part in every service. Because it's not that God is reluctant to forgive us. It's not that he is kind of stingy with his forgiveness. And it's not that he needs confession. We need it. Because through it, we're healed. We're cleansed, we're changed, and we're transformed, and we're able to run freely. And there's nothing so much as sometimes those things that we don't have self-control over that hinder us. And then the final way. Just quickly on that. I'll, I'll come back to it later. The final way that we run to win is by developing practices of discipline in community. If you remember what Amanda read for us, the whole idea of self-control is, sometimes, is we have to master our body. Sometimes we have to be able to handle that. And that means sometimes that is tough. And the thing that struck me about this challenge was this. Was the way these runners ran in this V formation. They did it all together. Each of them had a part to play. And it's a wonderful picture of how we, if we're going to run to win for Christ, we run to win as part of a church community. That's what it means to run to win. The French word that captures that is actually V, V-I-E, about doing life together. And so... To run this Christ-controlled life. It's about being filled continually with the Holy Spirit. It's about confessing our sinfulness daily. And it's about practicing disciplines in community. Who's still got their marshmallow? Has someone eaten their marshmallow? Oh, it's from the back. Have you eaten a little bit of it? No, no, don't put it in your mouth yet. Otherwise, you don't get four. <laughs> right. Apart from Malcolm, you can eat that marshmallow now. Go on, you can eat it. And what we're going to do is, if you come and find me at the end of the service, and you're going to have to be very quick because I've got to go to St. George's. So if you come and find me, I will give you three more marshmallows. Okay? Yes, yeah, so then you've got four. Oh, you want four after that? All right, if I've got enough, you can have four after that. Right, we're going we're gonna to sing our, our next song. And as we, as we sing our next song, where's it going? We're going to stand, but we're going to, we're, going to, we're going to sing it round the cross. Because we're going to use it kind of like it's a prayer time. So we brought this cross from the church. So what we need to do is we need to stand up. And we kind of need to stand 
towards or so like at the door. So we're still facing this way so we can see the words, but we stand behind the cross. So let's stand behind the cross. Let's go. reason why we did this we thought for our prayer time we'd do this and give the opportunity maybe to think about those things that sometimes hold us that stop us from living a Christ-controlled life and I've got this got this prayer that Amy very kindly has laminated that we can use every day in our lives if you if we haven't got enough of them don't worry, because it's also on your handout as well. So you could see it from there. And we've deliberately chosen this song. It's called At the Foot of the Cross. Because it's at the foot of the cross where we remember what Jesus did for us by dying for us. That we come to confess our sins to God. So I want us to try and be as quiet as possible and just think for a moment. Let's close our eyes. And just think for a moment of one thing, and God will sometimes just reveal that to you straight away. One thing in your life, might be more than one thing, that you know that stops you from running freely for Jesus. Sometimes you've had this thing for years. And you keep feeling sometimes a bit of a failure. Or I'm not a good enough Christian. Or it stops you from running freely. And that isn't what Jesus wants any of us to feel. He wants us to know that we are forgiven. And that we're loved by him. So we're going to say this prayer together. And you'll see this. There's this line. <coughs> After the first line, there's just goes dot, dot, dot. And I don't want you to, you don't have to say what the thing is there. I want you to, I'm going to leave a pause there where you can just quietly say to God, this is the thing that I want you to just take away from me. So let us pray. We say the prayer together. Father God, I'm sorry for the hold my lack of self-control has over me in the area of. I repent. We say it together. I repent of this slavery to sin and choose to live differently, trusting in you to live a Christ-controlled life. Thank you for the assurance of your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've got one of these cards, what I want you to do is Put it in your pocket and remember it and take it home. Because whatever else we remember, sometimes we just kind of will slip again. And that's why we confess, because there's power in confession. So we're going to sing together as Justin and the band leaders, our next song. We'll just stay here as we sing it.
the foot of the cross that are kneeling adoration and I lay my burdens down I exchange all my sin for the promise of salvation and your name across my brow at the foot of the cross I give up my